You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our Revival Recap. Yep. Once again, we're chatting about our highlights from Saturday night. I'm Clint Davis. I'm here with Joaquin Evans. Hey, Joaquin. Hey, Clint. It's great to be back with you. Yeah, I know. Man, I'm, uh, I'm fired up. <laughs> I'm fired up about this one. You are. You are. It's good to see you fired up. I like it. Man, I tell you, this is, I mean, you know, I always take notes so I can ask you questions, but my notes are pretty much your whole sermon I've written down. <laughs> just about. Yeah, you got a lot there. I just love, um, this, is, this is my heartbeat for the church at the moment, is owning our own faith. Yeah. Playing an active role. This is really where you went. But maybe yeah. let's just back up. What happened on Saturday as far as things we might not have seen, might not have heard, testimonies, uh, anything like that that happened on Saturday that stood out to you? Um, worship, that single song was mm. fire. I'm mm. living that now. <laughs> but what did you pick up? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a powerful time. Uh, worship was great. I feel like we're saying that most every time we're on, but it's, right. it's true. Um, but I really feel like it was it was a deepening a deepening time. You know, um, sometimes God shows off and it, He's calling us higher, and sometimes He's taking us deeper and and building our roots. So I really felt like it was it was a really a solidifying and a deepening time, and you know, a bit of a you know challenging calling people into the fullness of the promise, and uh, sometimes it's good to be challenged. So. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a really great service. I went away buzzing. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't go away buzzing. You were buzzing from the moment you set foot on that <laughs> on that stage. It's like you were on fire, man. Come I was, on. I was like, get on the Joaquin train. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You preach a message titled "Living Invested in Glory." Yes. Why this message? What was your heart behind it? Why? Why this message now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I started out by talking about, you know, we're experiencing a level of momentum, you know, God's doing radical things. People are getting healed and, and not just back pain disappearing, but people getting off of deathbeds and cancer disappearing and skulls forming in and to recognizing we're, we're in this moment of momentum. And that's not the time to say, oh, stuff's happening. So I take my foot off the accelerator. I relax. A kickback. No, that's the time to press in. Um, you know, I reference Brian Houston, Hillsong. He's got a message. Take advantage of your advantage. You know, and when you're in a moment of advantage, it's like, let's press in. You know, if you got your got your enemy on his heels, that's the time to press in and, and go for the knockout. So um, <clears throat> just encouraging people to really step into what's available in this in this moment that we're living in. I love that. You also quoted um Bill Johnson, who speaks about praying for rain while there's rain. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's that, I don't know, I've, that's such an easy thing to forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's like, I, it's, I've heard it, I know, but it's so easy to just. It, it is. It's, that, it's human nature. When we, when we got one area of our life going well, we shift attention to somewhere that's not going well. And, you know, if we're not careful, we'll forget about that area that's going well. And then, 18 months later, that area is not going well anymore because <laughs> we put our, all our attention somewhere else. And in the kingdom, 
we can we can slip into the same pattern. You know, we saw all through the Old Testament. You know, uh, Israel, Judah, they'd be doing good, they'd be connected to the Lord, they'd be worshiping, but they would forget. You know, a new leadership would come in, whatever they would forget over time, and then they would then they would be in despair. And then the depth of their despair, they would start to remember again, and they would call out to the Lord, and He would restore them. But it was this cycle, so we need to remind ourselves to not to not repeat that cycle. But when we're in the mix of breakthrough, is the time to press in, the time to thank Him more, the time to rejoice more, the time to celebrate more, and to, and it, then you can go from high place to high place instead of high place to valley to right, high place. Right, right. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That's right. And, and yeah, just to be mindful of that. You also said don't reach the dry place before you reach out to God again. Yeah. And I thought that was so good. I wrote down here, um, feed your friendship, not your familiarity. Mm-hmm. And in the sense that we feed our relationship with God instead of just being familiar that yeah. He's providing now and I can just cruise. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. And it's what we just just referenced, you know, it's a... Learning, learning from the examples of the past, both good and bad, and not not revisiting that cycle where it would it would take, it would take Israel getting into despair in the dry place before they would remember the Lord and cry out again. Like, no, let's let's not repeat that cycle. Let's let's let the goodness of God be the drawing out that calls us to remember Him, declare His goodness, celebrate His goodness, so that we just keep going from. From glory to glory. Right. You said um, if you want to break the mold, we have to pray mold-breaking prayers. Yes. You like that one, don't you? <laughs> I do like that one. <laughs> I think we've got to meme that one, put it all over social media, the yeah. big happy smile. You get me excited with that one. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of what you preached was about the personal devotional life. Mm-hmm. What has that journey been like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you... You bringing that up just reminds me of a, a quote we have on the wall in the office, church office, uh, from Bill Johnson is, if you make history with God, God will make history through you. Mm. And it's, it's, it's like that. Um, that's, that's my story. You know, people that are making impact with God, they didn't just get there by chance. You know, and they, it wasn't just a, a crapshoot. It wasn't a, a roulette wheel and like, oh, you got chosen. You're... Like, no, they paid a, a price. They created a history with God that now the world gets to see or benefit from or whatever the case is. But, you know, there's, there's, year, there, there's hours and hours and weeks and months and years of praying mold, mold-breaking prayers that, you know, for my, for my story, my life, um, that, you know, result in some of the things that were seeing and experiencing now and uh there was there was um a time when i was going through the school of ministry i lived with this this older couple i rented um a room they had a converted garage and i rented their converted garage for a season and lived there and so now this this older gentleman his name is fred he loves to tell people um he's like yeah you you see what joaquin's walking in now he's like but what you don't know is that we used to wake up at two o'clock in the morning hearing him crying out to God in the garage wow. for hours, just wow. pacing the garage and, wow. you know, not, not, not praying the tame temper prayers or praying those mold breaking prayers. Like God, mm. you did it through 
David Hogan, you did it through Reinhard Bunke. You could do it through me. God changed the world through me. God, come and touch lives, heal bodies, you know. So just knowing that God's invited us into to that level of partnership, but but we need to take a hold of it. So It's amazing. There's that incredible dynamic. You use the word now, partnership. Um, I think it was Sean Bowles who wrote in one of his books who said God is less interested in us doing things for him and totally interested in us doing things with him. Mm. And that invitation is so so real, right? Wow. I I hadn't heard that specifically, but it's amazing you say that because in that garage I just referenced, that converted garage, I was in prayer one time and, uh, and God actually, it, I was having a great praying to God, but God interrupted my prayer time and, uh, and made this statement. He said, he said, did you know, uh, this is right where, where Sean was, he said, did you know Christianity, Christianity was never meant to be about God? And it, it, it baffled me. I was like, uh, God, what are you, what are you saying? Like, it almost feels offensive. God, what are you saying? And he said it again, Christianity was never meant to be about God. Christianity is always meant to be with God. Wow. And it's, it's, yeah, what Sean's capturing in that statement there. But it's, it's wow. such an invitation into relationship and, 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 and co-partnership that, uh, we don't, we don't really understand the depths of really what God's invited us into. So Right. Yeah. Right. We could just end right there and just <laughs> dwell on that. Meditate on that Sell for a while. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, um, there's this dynamic that you brought up about time spent with God. And there's a tension there because you mentioned if you just have the 10 minutes, if you're giving them holy, mm-hmm. then give the 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned the breakthrough that comes when you're disciplining yourself mm-hmm. to go the three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe touch on that a little bit for me. Yeah, uh, and both of those dynamics are, are really, really true. And uh, it's, it's the wonder of the kingdom, you know, and the relational dynamic of God that both of those dynamics can be true at the same time and can can be true at different seasons of your life, but there's something powerful and something exponential that happens as we spend time with God. And I think it's even important to, to, to differentiate just the word prayer versus spending time with God, because some people, they hear prayer, I got to pray for an hour, two hours. It's like, I have to think of things to say to God or ask of God, or I have, I have to do all the talking. That's, that's not the point. The point is spending time with God. So it's two hours of fellowshipping with Him, three hours of fellowshipping with Him. But there's something that happens when it, if you spend 20 minutes and then if you double that to, to 40, it's not just double the anointing or breakthrough, but there's actually an exponential increase. If you take that to an hour, if you take that to two hours, and I personally have found there seems to be a threshold at, at three hours, which seems like a long time. But when you're fellowshipping, you start to get caught up and you're worshiping. It goes a lot quicker than we think. But there feels like there there's different thresholds. But I've found a significant one at three hours where you start breaking into to realms of God that that really are what we all dream about. You know. Yeah. So He invites us to step into that place. The balance of that is that we all have seasons in our life where that's not a reality, especially not every day or multiple times a week to be doing that. Um, and I mentioned, you know, an easy example is, you know, a single mom with three kids who's just 
takes everything to get through the day, to yeah, get the kids right. to school and fed, and she falls in the bed exhausted at the end of the night. And and um, God, it's it's a offering of the heart, mm-hmm. not just physical time. He doesn't measure seconds and minutes the same way we do. It's an offering of the heart. So that single mom, the giving, she might only have 10 minutes to give, literally, but that 10 minutes is her treasure. Right. So God will receive that the same way that he'll receive two hours from someone else and he'll breathe on that. So both are, uh, it's it's an offering of the heart and God receives it according to the offer of the heart. So. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Um, so there's something I wanted to pick up on. Uh, by the way, three hours, that's three episodes of your favorite Netflix show. Right. Binge watching. Right. So you get, <laughs> not much. you get sucked you into that, know, right? right? Might as right. well get sucked into God. There are stranger things. <laughs> I'll just say that and leave that there. So um, here, you, you said something that's so profound to me. And, you know, every now and then you'll pick something up in a sermon that is so profound. You just know it's shifted your, your devotional life and your walk with God forever. This is what it was for me personally was you said, head into your prayer time looking for the glory. Mm. And I have found that in my devotional life, those frustrating times where you head into prayer Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of wafting around a bit, Mm -hmm. um, the time does drag then. Mm -hmm. I find myself, yes, actively spending time with God, but not actively searching for the glory. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's such a shift and a shift that, you know, I had to, that I've gone through myself, um, and it comes down to what is our relational basis with God? What do we believe that He's inviting us into? You know, are we coming as as are we coming as servants? Are we coming as uh, you know orphans of lack? And I have to convince God. Uh, if, if my three hours is I need to convince a, a stoic, faraway God. Uh, that he needs to come and do something on my behalf, that sounds like a tiring three hours, which is a way a a lot of people would, you know, perceive prayer. But if I have a father who it's his good pleasure to give me the kingdom, he wants to meet with me more than I want to meet with him. It's not just, it's not just rules, regulations, or, or even ideas that he wants to give, but he wants to he wants to physically, personally, relationally visit with me, then I'm coming in, I'm coming in looking for the cloud of his presence. I'm not coming with a prayer list. Sure, of course there's times where we we have our requests, our petitions, but my my overwhelming uh, draw into prayer, I should be coming looking for the cloud of his presence, his goodness, his smiling face. And if we come looking for that, you're going to it's going to be according to your faith. You're going to you're going to you're going to find what you're looking for in a sense. Right. If you come looking for that, you're going to encounter that, and then three hours is going to go by in a heartbeat. You didn't even know. <laughs> like I right. thought it's been twenty minutes. Oh my goodness! So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What What would you say? Because I find that there's two really condemning places as a believer that the enemy tries to hit. The one is when we fall short. Mm-hmm. When we sin when we mm-hmm. miss the mark mm-hmm. the other is our devotional time funnily enough mm-hmm. where we as young believers mm-hmm. particularly are hit on that where it's like oh you didn't do 
Mm-hmm. You didn't spend enough time. You didn't mm-hmm. pray this morning. It mm-hmm. kind of throws your whole day off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a journey in that mm-hmm. for, for young believers in particular. And maybe those who have walked with God for a long time and haven't initiated a consistent devotional life. Right. What are some of the practicalities mm-hmm. that you found helpful in growing a devotional life? Mm-hmm. Some of the I tools think, or... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think for both of those is moving away from the list mentality which is a servant mentality so even even sin did i do wrong did i do right it's checking off the box you know did i go like and that's there's there's some truth to that but a higher truth is god wants relational connection so that's why those things are important because if i when i sin i'm uh, i'm I'm severing a level of connection, not because God doesn't want the connection, but in my own self, I'm severing connection. And then I let shame, that opens the door to shame. It opens the door to doubts and all these things pile in that the end result is now I'm separated from God. God didn't separate himself. I separated myself. And so when we come looking through the relational lens, it's not how many boxes did I check on this side of the page versus this side of the page, it's how relationally connected am I? So I don't want to do said sin, not because of a checkbox, because, but because I want to protect my relationship with God. I enjoy right. my friendship, my fellowship with him. And I've, I've actually like, shame is such a incredible for us. I've actually said that shame is the anti-anointing. Because wow. when shame comes in, it, it internally, not from God then, but we start to devalue who we are and what we believe we're capable of and what we believe God wants to do through us. It's all those things are the opposite of the anointing, which, which empowers us, which partners uh, we partner with to see heaven release and all. So shame is, pulls us in the exact opposite direction of the anointing. So I think the key is coming through the relational, the relational aspect, the relational eyes, and the same when, with the devotional life, it's, it's shame. We we beat ourselves up when we think. When our measure is how many hours, or minutes did I spend? How many chapters did I read? And of course, spending time and reading the Bible is important. As I say, in the message that should be our foundation. Right. But don't let that be our high place. We need to be called into more. So out of that foundation, again, it's it's relationship. And so how am I doing relationally with God? And sometimes he wants to sit down and we read the word together. Sometimes he wants to go for a walk in the park and talk to me in the park. If you're coming through the the through the servant mentality, the walk in the park isn't okay. It doesn't count. It doesn't right, check the right, box. Exactly. If you're coming through relational equity, the walk in the park counts. And the amazing thing is then that empowers you because now you've had this great time with God. Then tomorrow when it's time to read the word, now you're excited about reading the word. You're refreshed. So that relational dynamic changes everything. Yeah. And it doesn't become stale then. That's right. One of the things that I've found is discover what kind of person you are when you connect. So for me, background in radio, all that, I realized at one point I'm an audio driven person. And so Mm -hmm. Generally, having music on helps me connect with yeah. the Father and block everything else yes. out. You know? Yes. 
So just little things like that that are so helpful. Absolutely. It's, and it's, it's relational, whereas server mentality is we try and copy the model of somebody who went before us. They did it that way. I have to do it that way. But we're not all wired, designed the same way. Right. We all connect differently. And so just to be able to value that is super, super important. I find as well, I don't know if you have this, but I find that generally if I set an alarm to end my time, I know that's when I need to move on with my day. Mm-hmm. But my actual alarm is I'll head into devotions always going, Lord, I'm waiting for you to release me. Mm. And sometimes I'll set a clock for an hour and after 10 minutes, he's like, you know, it's good. Like we've done. If you want to hang around, hang around. But you're free to go if you want. Oh, I mean, that's that great. sort of sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times it'll be like hit the hour. And it's like, nope, you need to stay a little yeah. longer. You yeah, know? sure. Um, and so I've found that to be helpful. Get things off your mind. Somebody else said have a notepad when stuff comes in your mind. It's yes. your day. Write it down. Get it out the way. Yes. You won't forget it. It's there. Yes. I think if you have the, if you have the clock tip, keeping time for you you don't have to try and be doing that in the back of your head how long has it been now you can let that go and you can focus on god i think that's really good i hadn't heard that but i think that's a great great exercise there's just there's something about owning your faith there um so you spoke about and this is a result of spending time with god you spoke about peter and um, and his shadow Mm -hmm. um you you referenced but you didn't tell us the stories about things that have happened with you along that same sort of vein, giving somebody a hug or walking somebody. Mm-hmm. Past, give us a story. It's story time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a specific example. I don't know if if like a real detailed one comes up, but there's been there's been lots of times, um, you know, back in the healing rooms, uh, missions trips, uh, just various things of uh, you know, just, you know, putting my hand on somebody's shoulder and just like, hey, how's it going? You know, giving them a hug, that type of thing. And, uh, and then them reporting that their, that their arthritis pain, back pain, um, uh, those are two that I can remember directly. Um, disappearing just in that moment, but it's 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 living in the, it's pl- praying those mold breaking prayers, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I said in the in the message, again referencing Bill, that your shadow releases whatever whatever overshadows you. And when you spent time praying those mold breaking prayers, inviting the anointing that breaks the yoke. You can get into such a place where it's not always has to be a conscious, conscious release. It's like you're just got this anointing on you and you give somebody a hug and breakthrough happened. You're like, oh, oh, when did that happen? How did that happen? And (laughs) it's yeah, it's it's a really fun experience, actually, when it happens. I love that. Yeah. What do you find the balance is between praying in our normal earthly language and often running out of things to pray mm-hmm. and praying in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've got water baptisms, baptisms coming up. Yeah. But we've got prayer servants up front every week. Yeah. So if you don't pray in tongues, if you haven't received that gift, which is available to everybody, then you can get it. You can Absolutely. get it on Saturday. Absolutely. You can get it right now. You yeah. can get the spirit to come right now. <laughs> oh, what's the balance? I mean, I think, I think praying in... Praying in tongues is a powerful 
tool, it's a powerful weapon. I think that I think the church should fall in love with it. And again, I think um, it comes down to connection, you know. So, um, you know, I'm like, how deep do I go into this? But it, but there's various ways that we can connect with God. And so, I mean, one of the tools that I learned is that. You can, you can navigate through various ways of connection all in one quote-unquote prayer time, meaning worship, right? So you could, you could put worship on and you can be worshiping and you're connecting with God and then it can shift into, uh, God can drop a thought about, you know, something in the Bible. You end up in the Bible for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes reading the Bible and then that stirs you up. So now you're like pacing the room, praying or whatever and and then, you know, God's there, and then you lay on the floor and you're soaking. So you've won, quote unquote, prayer time, and you've cycled through all these different ways of connection. I think praying in tongues needs to be um, a foundational thing that, that we as, as believers, and obviously spiritual believers, are exercising. What's the balance? I don't know. Do it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Get it totally out of balance. <laughs> uh, Paul, pray, Paul prays in tongues more than, than all of us. So, I uh, mean, it's just that, that, <laughs> just that dynamic. Um, I could talk a lot about that, but I just think it's so powerful that I think, in general, I think most of us don't do it enough, probably. So, yeah, that's yeah. probably true. Well, we've got to wrap this up because we've got to get you off to Mexico. Mexico trip happening, so that's exciting. That is very exciting. That's our, our first trip. Yeah, first Bethel Austin missions trip. So, so exciting. It's going to be good. We got uh, youth youth conference, uh, multiple uh, adult church conference, multiple Sunday services. We got um, orphanage, uh, children's home, hospital visits. Uh, children's ministries. It's going to be amazing. So we're very, very excited. We get to meet with the, the mayor of Saltillo, mm. just pray with him and bless him. So it's going to be a wonderful time. So good. So good. So let's leave on this parting thought. Your single big idea, your single practicality that you want people to take from living invested in glory. Yeah. Living invested in glory you know, the reality is that we're all investing our, our time and our resource, our energy in this life into something. Are we investing into what's going to give us the greatest return, the most beautiful return? And, and glory is eternal, and, uh, and glory is going to give us a glorious return. And uh, so I want, you know, I want people to, to be conscious of that. And then the other is that, is that, Recognizing the level of ownership, you know, we talked about earlier, uh, we talked about investment and equity and, you know, recognizing what God is actually inviting us into, that he's, that the Christian life he's invited us into isn't just that I go to church on the weekend, it's not just that I skate by or even that I ride somebody else's coattails, he's actually invited us to have a, have a level of ownership. He's the king. He's the Christ. There's no debate that. But by his design, he wants to use his bride and his church to win the world around them. So we actually get, for our small sliver, our lifetime, we get to impact how much of the kingdom is released on, 
on this planet, on the spheres around us. So just really encouraging people and stirring them to go, you know what? I have a level of ownership in this. He calls, he calls me co-heir and joint heir, and I want to do my part to, in, in, to grow the inheritance that we all get to partake of. So mm, I love it. Love it so much. So good. Hey, so thanks for joining us for the Revival Recap. Uh, remember that you can connect more and get more out of our journey together at BethelATX.com or chat to one of our Connect coaches on a Saturday meeting. They're very chatty. Uh, Till next time, uh, from me, Clint, uh, I'll see you then. Bye. Thanks, Clint. I always enjoy the time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.